Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So here we are. My goodness, it's already May. April went pretty fast after <laughs> a March that seemed unending. Uh, and I have a feeling it's going to probably be like this uh, for a while. Um, I don't know. Every day sort of feels like the same. Um, and I know I'm not alone in that sentiment. <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny because it's like I'll get up with the best of intentions and then I just kind of get sucked into my routine. You know, I'll have my coffee, watch a little CNN, and then I'll be like, I got to go run. And the next thing I know, I've got to have a Zoom conference, which I've got one coming up in about 45 minutes. And uh, yeah, I feel like my life is built around Zoom calls anymore. And um, it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, as far as running goes, still not doing a lot of mileage. Um, it's not that the desire is not there. It's just, I end up just, you know, fooling around too long. And then I end up getting um, started way too late. And then it's it's already become summer here. So it's <laughs> Saturday. I was all set to do the eight miler for the Mirage, which is Tejas Trail's um, virtual race. Um, for the Reveille Peak Ranch. Um, normally, uh, we would all run at Reveille Peak Ranch, which is a really beautiful place, just not one of my favorite places to run just because it's super rocky. Um, but anyway, um, they actually, he, Chris McWaters was pretty clever right, or, or creative in how he uh, approached the setup of this race. They, he marked the course and then people had like three weeks to go out any day of the week and run out at the ranch and then, you know, record their time. Um, or you had the option to do it virtually, um, which is going to be my plan. Um, I was still kind of on the fence about which distance I was going to do. Um, and like I said, Saturday I sat out and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that eight miler. And, and you know, which is like so small potatoes. But at this point, that's kind of a long run for me. And um, anyway... Yeah, so I went out to Pearsall Park, and this is the, um, out across from um, Lackland Air Force Base, and um, it's one of my favorite places to run. It is an old landfill or a repurposed landfill, so it's kind of weird, but a lot of hills, and it's very wide open, and that was the thing that I, that's one of the reasons I really like it, and it's got a really nice mix of trails and um what else pavement you know so you get a little bit of everything out there so so that part was really nice and um but it was I started at like 10 30 a.m which was really stupid and before I knew it it was just like I was like a 15 minute pace of course you know again it's incredibly steep out there so you know that I always have to walk up the hills and um I got to three miles and I was just like you know what I just can't do this. So, and I was all set yesterday, Sunday, to go out and do my eight miler again or try it again. And, um, and then my sister called in at like 8 a.m. Just I was thinking about getting out the door. And oh God, we ended up on the phone for like an hour and a half. And uh, just <sighs> we're past Dara's, so we talk a lot. And, um, and then we, we have this, this this thing lately where our conversations sort of devolve into uh, amateur epid epidemiology, and um, we were, we managed to circle back three times yesterday to the epidemiology stuff. 
was, and we'll catch ourselves and it's like, oh my God, here we go again, you know? And so it's just, it's really funny. But anyway, suffice it to say, by the time I got off the phone with her, it was a little late to get started. And so I just ended up going on a bike ride and, um, which was actually pretty nice. I mean, I, there's a Salado Creek. I'm probably not saying it right because they probably have a different way of saying it. Maybe it's Salado. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, it's this greenway near my house. And so I took my bike down there and it's paved and it's really pretty. It's very shaded and curvy and, you know, it's a walking, biking trail. And unlike some of the other places where I've been going, it was super empty. I mean, you know, I just run across the occasional person running or a couple of people running or cycling, you know, it wasn't like this teeming throng of people. So, um, <laughs> that was really, really kind of pleasant. And, uh, it was just that I started at noon, so it was super hot and I was just completely soaked and, um, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. So I think today, um, I'm going to do the virtual four miler because, um, I've got, I'm still wrapping up my semester and I've still got a lot of work to finish and um, I just don't really have the time. And um, plus it's May the 4th. Ha! Yeah. So I think I'm going to do the four miler virtually and we'll see how that goes. But um, I'm not expecting any land speed records to be broken, but um, you know, hey, getting something done. And, um, you know, and it's funny, the thing I was thinking about uh, the other day, you know, aside from missing seeing my friends out on the trails, I mean, I think that's just a really big piece of what's missing. The other thing that I really miss is working aid stations. And, um, you know, and it's so funny now because I think about it and like, you know, up until a couple of months ago, aid stations were sort of this, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they could be like the perfect breeding ground for COVID because, you know, you've got people coming up, they're all sweaty and sometimes they don't have cups and they try to stick their mouths underneath the spigot, you know, for the water jugs, which of course we have to stop them from that. And then we'll have people forget to bring their cups because it's a coupless race. And so, then we will have to get, provide them, like, we have this, you know, kind of emergency backup community cup. And so, you know, you've got people drinking Coke and whatnot out of this <laughs> Dixie cup. And, um, yeah, I mean, now I can't even fathom of even thinking about doing that. And, um, yeah, and people will be, you know, sticking their hands and stuff. And, you know, oh, God, it's it's. And of course, my 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 old joke used to be, well, what the heck? We're all trail runners, so whatever. You know, this is how we are. But I kind of wonder, you know, how this is going to end up, you know, as we move forward through this. And, um, you know, I, I just, God, I hope we don't have to be like gloved and masked up, you know, to work an aid station or even run a race. It's like, ugh, kind of. I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that's of course what is creating a lot of anxiety for people is just the, when is this going to let up? When are we, we're not, it's not going to be normal again. I was reading a story, I actually read it twice early this morning because I had insomnia. Um, it was in the New York Times, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And it was from this woman who's, I don't know, they call her Cassandra. She's, you know, one of these people that has a pretty good insight into what the future holds. And it's not like she's some sort of psychic, but she's like, a, she writes about science. She's written about HIV and Ebola and, you know, to, you know, with a lot of great, 
you know, authority. And she kind of is foreseeing that this <laughs> at best could go on for about three years. And oh boy, you know, that's, that was sort of harrowing. And um, I mean, I, th- and, and as she described it though, and, and I thought this was a pretty good point. She said that, you know, after 9-11, we started to accept a different kind of normal for air travel. And she's right. Um, and personally, I hate it. You know, I, I just, I, I feel like it's theater of the absurd. I don't feel any safer, you know, going through a screening service and getting patted down on all this other jazz. But that's just me. And uh, yeah, but, but it's funny because I can remember pre-9-11 <laughs> getting to the gate like 10 minutes before the plane took off and... I remember one time I, they had already given away my seat. And so I'm just like, oh, God, now what do I do? And they're like, well, we'll put you in first class. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, for what it's worth, there was that. Um, but, yeah, so I think maybe, you know, this gloves and masks thing is going to be something that's going to be around for, you know, a little while until we can kind of get this, you know, get our heads around this thing. Um and again, personally, I, I, I think we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot as a country in that we're letting all these different <laughs> governors and, you know, municipalities and counties do their sort of scattershot approach to, you know, licking this thing and or, or reopening stuff. And listen, I want to get back to stuff as much as the next guy, but... You know, I, I certainly don't want to be, I was joking last week, it's like, I feel like we're the, you know, the people of Amity Island and, and Jaws, you know, <laughs> it's like you got the mayor's like, yeah, let's everybody go to the beach, woohoo, and then you got, you know, the, the police chief is freaking out, and sometimes that's what this feels like, is, you know, nobody really knows what to do, and, you know, and, and sometimes I feel like some of our elected leaders this is where we're really getting to see what people are made of. And like, we're getting to see really great leaders. And then we also see really terrible ones. And, and and sometimes within the same area, you know, like, but yeah, I think, um, you know, Abbott's plan at first, it seemed okay. Cause I kind of like the thing about opening up parks, you know, state parks with reservations and, um, I don't know, there's a couple of other things he did a few weeks ago that, that seemed pretty good. And then, <laughs> And, you know, then this past week, you know, I felt like we were, you know, racing with Georgia to see, you know, who could be, you know, the dumbest way to reopen places. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just sort of horrified because, you know, restaurants look packed, even though they're supposed to be at 25% capacity. Um, I was hearing reports of, you know, people running around without masks, even though, I mean, and because he relaxed the standards on that, um, I still wear mine when I go to the grocery store, um, which is pretty much the only place I'm going beside a trail. Um, cause I have a hard time running in my neighborhood, I'll be honest. Um, but anyway, but apparently people were just <laughs> congregating in these big packs. I, oh my gosh, this church down the street from me on Saturday I saw all these cars and I was like, oh, and then I saw the hearse and I was like, okay, it's a funeral. And so I, the journalist in me, I had to go drive by and take a look. And, and, and so at the beginning it was okay because everybody was sort of standing apart wearing gloves and stuff, I mean, wearing masks. And I thought, okay, well, this isn't great, but okay. You know, they have to honor their loved ones. And, um, you know, and I, I certainly get that. 
Then I went past, this was after I did my run, and I, I came back and I, you know, looked down the street again and nobody was standing outside. And so my assumption is that everybody had moved inside and I just thought, oh, please let them be spaced apart or something because, you know, I don't want to see anything bad happen to these people, you know, and it's, oh, it's terrible. So it's just, I don't know, there's just a lot of moral quandaries right now. And, and, you know, we've got these factions of people that are very militant and adamant about, you know, getting back to work and all this sort of thing. And listen, I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to keep my job in the future. I really have no idea. I mean, no one is safe. So, I mean, um, I just, you know, think about what I might do and I don't really have any great ideas, but, you know, <clears throat> anyway, nonetheless, it's, uh, it's been interesting. And, but yeah, the, the one thing that I got a little nostalgic about over the weekend was, um, you know, the, the trail race aid station and just what a, <laughs> what a thing of the past that's going to be, you know, or, you know, at least the way that we knew it. And, um, and I'm kind of be interested to see how this plays out as we move forward. Like I said, um, you know, cause I imagine it, it's, you know, going to be a little while before we can probably have, you know, real old school races again. But I do kind of wonder what the aid station thing may be like, and it may end up being self-serve, although I can't really imagine that cause that kind of takes all the fun out of it, but I don't know. I don't know. So I, I guess that remains to be seen, but, um, yeah. So outside of that, I mean, you know, my, my friends, I talk to them and they are also struggling with the running and, and staying motivated. And, um, although I've, I've got a couple of friends, I had one, my one friend, Agatha, God lover, she did a 50 miler, uh, I think on Saturday and she was running on this like one mile stretch of look like a canal bank or something and just going back and forth <clears throat> and got 50 miles in. And I was just, astonished by that. And I have another friend, Pamela, who did a 50K and kind of a similar thing. I think her, her path was like a half mile out, you know, out and back and just doing that over and over. And, oh boy, you know that. And I think that's the one thing I can, well, and both of them are very accomplished, um, ultra runners and I admire them and they're friends of mine. And I hope that I can, redevelop that mental toughness again. Cause I, you know, right now it, it just is not there. <laughs> it's just not. And, um, and so I just got to, you know, kind of wrap my head around it and, and try not to think too far in the future. I think that's the other thing that sometimes when I get on the phone with my sister, it's like we start thinking way too far ahead and then it starts getting scary, you know, and, and, you know, because we don't have any answers and, and no one does really. And, um, so I, you know, to try to take a deep breath and try not to get too negative about stuff, but it's like, it's hard because I'm a news junkie. And so I'm reading stuff all day long. I mean, I've always been this way. I mean, even when I was reading newspapers and stuff, I mean, it was just constantly reading stuff. And so that's kind of a hard habit to break. And, but still I'm, I'm looking, you know, at, at stories and Twitter and, you know, occasional television news and, yeah, you're just like, oh my God, you know, it feels like the world is ending. And I guess the world as we know it probably is, and it's going to be very different. And I was reading up on the Spanish flu from 1918, and, you know, this thing went on for two years, and the first wave of it wasn't super bad. It was the second wave that came later in the summer or early fall. 
that it somehow mutated. And um, the, the story that I read is that it was a um, <clears throat> something that started, uh, I think a lot of the World War One soldiers, and for some reason, I think they say it started in the U.S., and I'm probably wrong about that, but don't, you know, I'm not a historian, but I did read a couple of articles. Um, but yeah, so I was um, reading that, and, and yeah, they said that this thing mutated once the troops started moving abroad, you know, to, to fight in the war. And the second wave was even worse because then it would just pretty much kill people in 24 hours. And <laughs> that is real terrifying to me. And I think sometimes we, we don't respect, you know, what we've learned from the past. And I feel like we're, we're behaving very arrogantly sometimes. And, and again, this is not a political thing. I mean, this is just a personal viewpoint in that, you know, we... Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not all about like, you know, hunkering down for, you know, three years. I can't do that either, you know, but I think, you know, we can handle being, I don't know, isolated for a few months, uh, if that's for the greater good. And, and that's just my point of view on this. I have other friends that don't see it that way and they're ready to, you know, just have at it. And I guess, I guess if I could just guarantee that they would be the only ones that would sort of <clears throat> reap the uh, rewards or consequences of those actions, then go for it. But the problem is, is, is you know, they're not. They're going to affect everybody. And so that, that kind of is frightening. And uh, I was reading a story. I was on Twitter again. I was up half the night. It was bad. Um, <laughs> doom scrolling. I think that's the new thing they call it on Twitter. But anyway. <laughs> I'm sitting there reading this this uh, piece by this guy, and I think it was like, I don't know if it was LA Times. It was one of the Southern California papers, but this guy was, you know, advocating that it's, you know, Californians' God-given rights to have beaches open and all this sort of thing. And um, this one, you know, he talked to this one, I don't, know, I don't think they were an expert, but it was like some person that said, well, you know, if you are, you know, immune compromised, then shame on you for going to the beach. You know, the rest of us deserve to go out there. And I thought, wow, what a way to marginalize people. You know, it's, I think that's the other thing that my sister and I were talking about yesterday is that you really do start to see people's true colors uh, through, through, through how they're handling this because, you know, there's a lot of um, people like me that are doing, you know, taking one for the team for the greater good. And, and, and again, I'm fortunate because I'm still getting paid. Um, and I can, I can afford to do this, but, um, and I also am aware though, that I'm not immune to what's in the future. So, I mean, I, I respect that. So, but at the other, on the other hand, you've got these people that are just like, oh my God, I can't get a haircut. Oh my Lord. You know, and, and, you know, it's like, God, can't you people just hang on for a little bit longer, you know, and, and maybe then it will be great for all of us. But I think it's just, you know, human nature. And this is where everybody's got a different way of approaching things. So anyway, this is too philosophical. I'm sorry. I'm not really writing or talking about running today because, you know, I guess this is what's really going through my mind. And um, anyway, next week we'll probably do a, I'll do a zoom call with some runners and, um, and then I'll probably go back and do one of these and then do another masters and I'm trying to, structure this in such a way until we kind of see our way out of this. Um, Because again, you know, I don't have a whole lot to, you know, offer you in terms of uh, stories, quite honestly, right now. So I can offer you, you know, observations and things like that about, 
the situation, which I think, of course, is on everyone's mind, and and rightfully so, as it should be. I mean, this is you know a once in a lifetime thing that's happening to us, and it's it is our you know Great Depression or 1918 pandemic, and you know we have to you know just you know it sucks. It's it's not it's not fun. And I keep thinking, you know, and again, I'm getting older too. I mean, we all are, but you know, I keep thinking. Yeah, everyone's like, well, yeah, we can just, you know, wait until next year and next year. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but I'm getting older and, you know, this might be it. You know, this might be, I may not be able to experience this stuff again. And that really makes me kind of sad. So, and I'm one of these people that really loves to live life to the fullest. And so this is where I, you know, I have this quandary, but I also don't want to make it worse for everyone else. So, oh gosh, I'm rambling. So try to stay safe. Try to be patient, be kind to each other. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time.